Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Okay, thanks for joining us again here on Laser Therapy Institute's weekly podcast. This is part two of a two-part presentation where we're talking about traumatic brain injury. We started last week talking about what traumatic brain injury is, what happens within the brain when we're talking about damaged tissues, what some of the symptoms are. Now, we're going to go ahead and get through the rest of this study today. Again, the study title is Treatments for Traumatic Brain Injury with Emphasis on Transcranial Near-Infrared Laser Phototherapy published in 2015 in Neuropsychiatric Disease and Treatment. So we're going to jump right in and start to bring out some of the information on the patients that were involved and some of the results that they saw. So when we're talking about delivering near-infrared light to the brain, not only do we have to talk about the fact that the hair absorbs laser, that the skin reflects enormous amounts of the laser dose that you're trying to get in there deep, but, uh, even pulling a quote from the study here, the temporal lobes of the brain are separated from the surface by epidermis, dermis, subcutaneous fat, subcutaneous blood vessels, which absorb a lot of light. Those blood vessels do, and there's a lot of blood flow to, this, to the scalp. Uh, the accessory head of the temporalis muscle, connective tissue, the temporalis muscle itself, the skull, the dura mater. So before you ever even get to the brain, you're having to pass through so many barriers. If you're starting with a very, very low power light, you're going to have a really hard time having any effect on the brain itself. Does that mean that your results are always going to be terrible? No, because just absorbing light in within the blood vessels can have good effects on other areas of the body, or the brain directly, because you're, you're stimulating the blood that you're exposing to the light. But really with traumatic brain injury, we have to get some light in there. Okay, we ha If we're going to get repair effects, we have to get light in there. So going back into some other studies that have been done, when you're measuring light and its penetration with the skin and with other tissues, what we're seeing here is that generally your LED devices will not penetrate two millimeter thickness of the human skin. Very, very little. That's with uh, a 0.5 watt LED emitter. Really no detectable light was, uh, was getting through the skin at all. Even with near-infrared light, um, you can only get uh, really through those first couple of millimeters of skin. Um, in contrast, though, when you start talking about some of the higher power lasers in the near-infrared spectrum, 10-watt laser was, de was delivering 11% through that same amount of human skin. So we're, we're pushing 11% of the light that we have through just the first two millimeters of human skin with a 10-watt laser. So do the math real quick. 10 or 11% of a 10-watt laser means you're going to be able to get one watt through two millimeters of human skin. If you have to deliver a dose deeper than that, 
you have to be using a high enough power machine to get that effective dose to the level that you want to treat. Now, when we, when we bump that up some more and we go up uh, to a 15 watt laser, we're actually getting 17% of the energy through. So there's some evidence that as you go up in power, now you kind of get a, a bigger effect of, of a therapeutic dose through those areas. And now we're still talking near infrared light. And if you've been in the laser game for a while, you've probably heard class three versus class four debates, and you can come to your own conclusions on that. But I'm telling you right now, with a high power laser, you're going to get more through the skin, whether it's the same wavelength or not. That's what this study right here says. Near infrared LEDs at half a watt are not making it through two millimeters of skin, but a 15 watt near infrared laser at 810 nanometers is pushing 17% of its energy through that same distance. Now, if you use those more powerful lasers, you can actually check and see how well you penetrate um, into more than just skin though, because we're trying to get through skin, skull, and into the brain. So those more powerful lasers in the 10 watt and the 15 watt range are getting a up to 3% of their energy through the skin, through the skull, and actually into the brain. So we're not cooking or overheating the brain if we're using a powerful laser. Instead, we're getting just a little bit of light, even starting with a big, big amount of, of light at the beginning with 15 watts, you're getting a very small amount, but still a therapeutic dosage to the brain itself. But that's just the outside of the brain. You can have traumatic brain injury to deeper portions of the brain. So you need to be using a high power laser. If you are going to treat traumatic brain injury and see good repair effects in your clinic, you need to be using a high intensity laser. You need to be going at a higher dose than you probably think you have to because you're just not getting much light through the skull. And it's important to do that. It's important to get light through the skull to these damaged areas if you're going to have good results. So let's go ahead and get into the, the subjects that were involved with this study. Let's get into the results that they had. So we have, um, we have 10 subjects, five male, five female, that were involved in the study. Uh, mild to moderate, chronic traumatic brain injury, they were treated with either a 10 watt or a 15 watt uh, class four laser. One of those lasers was a 10 watt light cure laser using 810 and a 980 nanometer dose, uh, which has a 20-80 split, meaning that 20% of the dose is the 810 nanometer wavelength, and then 80% of it is the 980 nanometer wavelength with a total of 10 watts delivered. The other laser that these researchers used was a 15 watt dial wave laser. Uh, which only had the 810 nanometer uh, laser uh, with all 15 watts coming through at, at 810 nanometers. They used a pulse rate of 10 hertz. They treated for 8 to 10 minutes um, across the bilateral temporal areas and or the frontal part of the brain and head. And they did a total of between 14 and 81 joules per centimeter squared. Now, the WALT guidelines for laser dosage is usually going to tell us that we want to be 5 to 10 
joules per centimeter squared. However, I want you to keep in mind, we're not talking about treating the skin. We're talking about getting deep into the brain, and that means we've got to go higher. We've got to go higher in our dose. We've got to go higher in our power if we're going to actually get light to penetrate into those tissues. And again, this is something you'll probably run into. Oh, you're going to cook my brain, or you're going to you're going to overheat the tissues. Well, these researchers saw a less than three degrees Celsius temperature elevation at the skin, which immediately decreased following uh, the the end of the treatment. So very very minimal. As a matter of fact, this is less warmth than standing out in the sun. So if you're not worried about the sun cooking your brain you're probably going to be fine with this amount of, of laser warmth going on here. Because again, we do, we just have to get that bigger dose into the tissues. Now here's some of the symptoms that these, that these subjects had. 90% um, of the patients uh, in, this, in this study had complaints of anxiety, depression, irritability, and insomnia, with additional symptoms including headache, suicidal ideation, cognitive difficulties, attention problems, short-term memory problems, loss of libido, substance abuse, fatigue, and panic attacks. Six of, the, of these patients were unemployed prior to the, to the uh, treatment, and three of the patients were experiencing severe marital difficulties. All had confirmed diagnosis of TBI, but then there were other comorbid, comorbidities, uh, which included PTSD, major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, bipolar, and then attention deficit or hyperactivity disorder. So the researchers uh, went in and, and uh, split these folks up and gave them either 10 or 20 laser therapy treatments. And at the end of the study, at the end of, of these patients' kind of course um, of, of care here, Here's what they were able to see. So the depression scores that they did on these, on the, when you score depression, depression scores dropped to a non-depressed range for these patients, uh, which was a significant decrease from significant depression to the non-depressed range. The patients noted improvement in their cognitive function, in mood, anxiety, and sleep. None of the patients continue to have suicidal thoughts. None of them. Started out, that was 50% of the, of the patients that they studied were, were having those suicidal thoughts. None of them were dealing with that anymore once they got done with their treatment. Other symptoms like anxiety and irritability were markedly improved. And then patients also, this is pretty neat, imported, re, reported improved cognitive ability and a desire to return to meaningful work. And five of the six patients who were unemployed actually did return to work. Um, new trades, new careers. The patients with the marital difficulties uh, were actually uh, solidifying uh, their, their relationships, purchasing homes and things like that. So uh, not, just, not just the real cold, hard facts here, but I mean, you're, you're talking about people getting back to a life. You know, being able to return to work being able to handle their relationships and have a more solid family life and not having to go through those suicidal thoughts. I mean, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Um, if you're going to be a force for good in your community, this is something that you should be able to offer your patients, especially if you are already using laser in your practice. You need to be treating 
traumatic brain injury patients, it can make a huge, huge difference in their lives. Um, we're talking about sleep improvements, just so many different things. If you do a good evaluation and you tie some of your patients' difficulties back to traumatic brain injury, I would definitely encourage you to start putting together at least part of your treatment aimed at helping to resolve those TBI symptoms. Now, if you've got laser and you're not quite sure how to work with it, if you're not quite sure exactly what that should look like, get a hold of us. We'll help you put that program together in your practice. Uh, you're going to need a high-intensity laser. That's another thing here. You know, you can get some good results, absolutely, from some low-intensity lasers, but it's not going to be reliable. It's not going to be as good as using a high-intensity device. Um, the high-intensity lasers are safe, and they work very, very well. But if you're not familiar with doing this stuff, get a hold of us because this is the thing we do. We get you the settings, the techniques, the protocols that you're going to need to get good results in traumatic brain injuries and be able to be that force for good in your community, helping people resolve these significant issues of uh, insomnia, suicidal thoughts, uh, not able to go to work. All these different problems can have very, very good outcomes if you've got the right tools in your toolbox. Okay, that is all for today. Now, again, this was... Part two of a two-part series. If you missed part one, go back to this last, the, the episode before this one. You can pick up from the beginning talking about what traumatic brain injury is, how it happens, what the uh, cellular effects are in the brain, some of the additional treatments that, can, that have been done. I really appreciate you joining us. This is a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, like I said in part one, both of my kids have been through these before and made full recoveries, thankfully, but thanks to laser. So if we can help you, if we can assist you in any way in becoming that force for good in your community, being able to provide these really critically important services, please get a hold of us. We love talking about this stuff. We love helping out other doctors. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, Become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.